She is best known for her loud belly laughs and her love of truth. She's a Georgia-based author and empowerment coach. She's a speaker and consultant who has spent the last decade providing relationship and spiritual advice to clients, friends, and even groups of teenagers. Firecrackers, let's welcome Artisha. Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. Artisha, you, you're also called T. People call you T, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Whatever you're, I'm comfortable with either. Whatever you're comfortable with, it works for me. All right. Perfect. So you live in Georgia and you mm-hmm. are an author and empowerment coach. Yes. I would really like to know, uh, how did you become a coach? Does, does this have something to do with the fact that you were in the ICU in 2018? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. So let me just say that um, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, but I definitely also wanted to keep the security and safeguards of a traditional nine to five. You know, you can expect a check at this time, benefits and all of that good stuff. But um, in 2018, well, it started really in the fall of 2017. I was working 50 plus hours per week in a soulish job. Wow. No joy, no peace. Yes. On a construction site, nonetheless. I'm talking about fluorescent vest and steel toe boots, the whole nine. And I became very ill out of nowhere. Um, The symptoms started showing right before my birthday. So I was 37, but going into 38 and it progressed really bad into 2018. And in both March and May, I was admitted to not only the hospital, but to the ICU. Both those times I slipped into a coma. So I have about four days of my life that I have no recollection of and that I'll never get back from an illness that could not have been predicted at all. Like, you know, no family history, no history, uh, personal history with it or anything. But I was simultaneously going into congestive heart failure and respiratory failure at 38 years old. Oh my God. That must have been super scary for your family. The scariest, yes, the scariest thing in the world um, because again, it was just so unexpected um, to the point where I don't even want to brag about this, but at the time I didn't even have a primary care physician because I was young and healthy. Like I never went to the doctor. It, it was just so crazy. But when I, that last hospital stay, it was Mother's Day weekend, I actually began to slip into a coma at my mom's house. Picture that. Um, I had to be rushed to the hospital. And that was my longest hospital stay. It was 10 days. Five of those days were in the ICU. And it was very scary. And I really, I thought it was over. When I literally came to when, you know, the doctors and nurses, whomever, help bring me back. I literally, I'm a faith girl. So I was praying. I literally thought 
that, okay, I'm just going to have a couple of days to say goodbye to everyone. And this is going to be over. Like, that is what I thought. So I made everyone come to the hospital. I'm calling and texting. I'm making my sister and mom call and text. Just get everybody up here because it's over, right? Those those last few days, so once I actually kind of got out of the ICU and I got downgraded to a regular hospital room, they were treating me with all kinds of stuff. But something clicked almost like a light bulb. And I just knew that I had a duty to share love and light, peace and joy with everyone. So that just completely shifted not only my outlook on life, but as far as career path and entrepreneurial pursuits. So that is how I even began to think about um, life coaching and empowerment coaching. And that was one of the first things I did when I got out of the hospital. I began to look up, um, you know, certification programs and, um, and I began writing, journaling so much. So that is really what thrust me into this space. Do you recall the exact moment when you had that thought, you know, that, sh- that shift in your consciousness? I do. And it was more so on um, the writing side. So of all the hats that I wear, I most identify as a writer. So um, I, one of my aunts actually sent me like all kinds of magazines, notebooks, and pens literally to the hospital. She's elderly, so she only came up once and she just made sure that somebody brought those supplies to me. It was that, you know, that second half of that week. So after, you know, probably day six or seven, when I began immediately to start journaling and I just knew that I had to share this story with other people. I had to help people understand that you can't spend your life neglecting your family, neglecting your purpose and chasing dollars. You have to center yourself, really become selfless and be willing to help your fellow man. That's what it's all about. So that what you just described, is is that what you call centering your soul? Yes, that is exactly what I call centering your soul. Just being brave enough to say out loud what you want and what you want to do. And it may not have been what you went to school for. It may not have been, you know, what your parents kind of reared you and this is the direction that you should go. But just standing in your truth of, you know what, this is what I want to offer the world. And most of the time we get a little fearful, but the good thing to fall back on is almost always, it's something that we're already naturally good at people naturally seek us out for. And so when we neglect that work that I call soul work, it's really just a waste of our time and we will not have a joy-filled life. We just won't. You just touched something that I think, well, I completely identify with it. And I think most people don't listen to. And it's that, you know, that thing that people naturally, like what naturally attracts other people to us. It's yes. usually something that it, it's, it's a beginning when you start feeling it's a, bit, it's a bit ethereal in a way, like you can't put a finger on it. Right, right. But when you realize what it is, there is definitely, like, if, if you can just listen to that little voice inside of you saying, you know what, you're good at this. And you're good at yes. this because people, you don't know, whatever it is, they like the way you talk to them. People like the way you treat yes. animals. People like the way you know, whatever it is, 
Yes, you give Tap good advice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the crazy thing about it, Isabel, is we're wired. We listen to that nagging inner self-critic. We listen to that kind of defeated voice of, oh, you're just going to be like your mom or your dad, or you can't amount to anything. Why would anyone listen to you? We listen to that voice, mm. but that still small voice, that little encourager that's inside of us, that speaks also, we ignore it. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, I, you know what I call that voice, you know, the negative one that it's always putting you down. I call what it, do your, you call it your inner ice troll. So my mission <laughs> is to just melt the sucker down because Oh my gosh, I love it. That troll in, in there saying, you know, you can't do this. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not intelligent enough. You're not that is a part of I think it's not even a part of us. You know what I mean? It's not a part of our elevated me, to put it in a way. Yes. It's, it's something that comes from the outside. It comes from what society expects from you or, or, what, you, or what you think society expects from you. And that's your parents exactly right. and your family and your friends and the people around you. And of course you care because, you know, they're your loved ones or whatever. But it, it is so hard to like just shut it up. <laughs> it's so hard. Yes. But you yes, know, you're absolutely you, right. Yeah, but when you get there and you start listening to that inner fire of yours, that is the one that starts really tiny voice saying, you're so good at this, you should pursue this. And you don't yes. listen to it and that fire starts growing inside of you, then you're definitely seeing at the thing that is going to make you absolutely happy and blissed in your life. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I couldn't have said it better. And I'm going to have to borrow that inner ice bowl. I love that. <laughs> You're welcome to use it. So <laughs> T, tell me a little bit more about um, how it is that you work with your clients. What is like maybe the most common thing that you, your clients come to you and say, I need help with this and, you know. So I serve clients who are looking to maximize their personal and professional growth or revive their spiritual development. And I do that currently through one-on-one -on -one coaching. I would love to expand to group coach coaching. So send some good vibes my way so that I can uh, work on developing that. But um, for the most part, um, of course, I deal with a lot of uh, women. I, I have um, right now only one gentleman that I serve. And um, I deal mostly with women who are um, fearful but wanting to pursue a career change or um, their own business and um, actually new writers. When I came out with uh, my first book this year, people came out the woodwork to congratulate me and asking me all of these questions. And I had no idea that so many people right in my community really wanted to become authors. So I speak to um, a good deal of women that want to um, do those two things. That's great. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and on becoming an author, because this is something that I've, I've had on my mind for, for a very long while. Um, yes. I wouldn't even know how to start with it. How do you start writing? And what is it that you tell the people that come to you and they seek your guidance to, you know, what are you telling them about what they need to write about? So two things. One, I always encourage clients to think about their Genesis story. How did you get to where you are right now? And for some people, it's easier to start where they are now and work their way back. And others, 
they do the reverse. They kind of go back to childhood. And it's not all traumatic. You know, we all have had some ugly things happen in, you know, our background. But even the joyous moments, that shapes us so much. So I encourage people uh, to start there. That is always a good, juicy, meaty way to start. But for people who don't fancy themselves great writers or, you know, great literary minds and things like that, I tell them, and in fact, I was just talking to um, a client and her wife on last week um, who's experiencing a block right now. If you are looking to write and to get your story out there, sometimes you just have to write. And you have to understand that no one just kind of comes out of the gate as a great writer. Everybody's first, you know, couple of things are pretty crappy. But if we push past the fear of this is going to be awful and just get something down in whether it's, you know, in the device, on the laptop or um, on actual paper, get something down and you'll be surprised what other thoughts spark on that. You could be writing, you know, I've taken um, different classes for writing prompts. You could write about the weather or the last movie that you saw or, you know, even your day. And those thoughts, when you get them down, they will spark other thoughts and it will help you shape your story in a meaningful way that people will connect with. So that's always my first kind of two bits of advice. Just write and think about your story. How did you get where you are? That's really sound advice. Um, So your book, um, you published it last year, was it that you said? No, this year. Oh, this, this year. year. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was almost um, the one year anniversary of the health crisis. So that was May of 2018 when I was having all of the issues. And so it was just May of 2019 that um, Journal for Your Journey was birthed. And it was very, very exciting. That's great. So I'm going to leave you guys a link down here so you can go and snatch a copy before they're all sold out. <laughs> Yes, we still have a few print copies, um, and I'm very happy that we have ebook copies available too. So definitely visit the site, and you know, folks can email me. All of my stuff is public. I love to hear from people. You're listening to the Honest Upward, a podcast where modern child-free women share their life stories, and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. Um, so T, let's talk about you. Let's talk about mm-hmm. your child free, right? You have two fur babies. You call them yes. fur babies? Yes, you do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those are my babies. Yes. And I love, I think I saw um, a post on social media talking about, you know, what a family is. My, let me tell you this. Myself, my husband, and my two applehead chihuahuas, we are a family. Those are my babies. That's that's it. And I will never let anyone try to redefine that for me or make me feel bad about it. But um, as far as um, how I um, got to being child free and wanting to be child free. Right. Yes. So um, as with most little girls, I dreamed of getting married, having kids and a fabulous life, you know, Cinderella and Prince Charming and all the royal babies, all of that stuff. So. I was engaged at the age of uh, 24 and literally six weeks after my 25th birthday, my fiance was in a fatal car crash. 
So needless to say, my world was shattered. I loved him with everything I had. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so after this sudden loss, I vowed I would never marry or have kids. Well, fast forward four years. I don't know. To this day, I don't know how it happened, but I opened my heart again and I fell in love. And of course, a big topic of discussion was kids, you know, children, how many, how we go about that. And let me say, in between the years of, you know, tragedy and romance, as I got older, I really became soured on the physical, emotional, and financial burden of bearing a child. That's just not something that I wanted to do. And I taught at a boarding school at um, the time when my um, fiance passed, and I became further convinced that birthing and rearing children just was not something that I wanted to do. But fast forward, now I had this new amazing guy that really wanted kids. So I caved, believe it or not. And that's not something that I do. I caved. Yeah, I said I would give him one. And looking back at that time, I was being considerate, very considerate of him, but not authentic to me. Mm. And like I said, looking back, that is something that was very, very key. I did not want kids. I was only agreeing to this for him. And he knew it. We both did. And we told ourselves that that was okay. So we married, we made a home life, all that jazz. But the quote unquote right time to start trying to have children never came. So I had to revisit and clear the air with him uh, that, you know, I think we should take that option off the table. And as you can imagine, that did not go over well. <laughs> and it, it honestly became a real point of contention in the marriage. So, and you know, we kind of just retreated to our corners. Like there was literally like don't ask, don't tell kind of thing for a while. So fast forward a few more years to more recent history when I got sick, 38 years old. And, you know, like I said, I find myself in congestive heart failure and respiratory failure. I'm literally laying on the examination table, getting prepped for a heart procedure. And the doctor actually told me, a be- I mean, she first of all, she was gorgeous. She could have been a model and not a doctor. Beautiful doctor came in. And I was told that getting pregnant could literally kill me. It was very much a wow moment. They told me that it would be nearly impossible for my heart and lungs to withstand childbearing and certainly not childbirth. So I was like, okay, you know, deep breath. And the thing is, I was being prescribed medication for my lungs, um, which the major side effect of taking it is birth defects in the child if I were to attempt having children. So at the sharing of this news, you know, from the doctor, I had an unexpected emotional reaction. You know, you kind of think I would just kind of nod or whatever, but I began to weep immediately. And and to to this day, I don't even understand my own response. Maybe it was because I felt someone had taken my choice from me. Yeah. And yeah, I think that was a big part of it. And then I'm sure also what played into it was the weight literally of all of the health challenges bearing down on me. But I absolutely felt um, I felt powerless. So I was presented with the choice of, you know, a hysterectomy to protect my health. And I was absolutely terrified of premature menopause 
by way of surgery at the age of 38. So um, I just wasn't interested in trying to navigate the hormonal changes that would come along with that. So I opted to not go through with that. And, um, and even now, it's as a precaution, I'm mandated that I have to have a pregnancy test with my GYN every month, like literally in perpetuity, as long as I'm on this medication. Wow. So let me get this straight. Not only was your, well, I mean, your heart and your lungs, they were not yeah. strong enough to sustain childbearing or child or giving birth, basically. Right. Which mm -hmm. in itself, even if you're not sick, it's, it's awful. The, you know, what it does to a woman's body in terms yes. of not only how you look, it's not, it doesn't mean you're, you're, you're nice looking or in your skin or whatever, and you get fat. No, we're not even talking about that. We're talking about how your organs shift and then how you can't really yes. control your sphincter after birth and how yes. dangerous and it is. I've had family members who lost teeth during pregnancy, all kinds of stuff. They lose teeth. Oh my God. I've heard about hair, losing hair, but teeth. Oh, wow. Teeth. Yes. Because of the calcium deficiency. Yes. It happened. To, I literally can put my hand on the person that this happened to. Wow. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So not only that, but also you're taking mm -hmm. a medication that, you know, the probability that your baby, if you were ever pregnant, was going to be born with a defect was very high. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very high. So, yes. And there was... <laughs> There wasn't oh, even a way that was going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's just like one thing on top of the next, on top of the next. But then, and then you told me, you know, you, you felt like you started crying in this reaction, but you said something that I've heard other women say before. And it is, I am child-free. I, I know I didn't want to have kids, but when they told me you can't have them or for whatever reason, it's going to pose you know, a danger for you or the child mm -hmm. or in any, in mm -hmm. any way. It's mm -hmm. like that choice doesn't come from yourself. You know, it comes from something you can't control. Yes. And that sort of takes the power away from you when you make decisions. Yes. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Do you think that's. Yeah. I, I just thinking about it, um, that I'm, I'm sure that that is a big, part of it. Cause like I said, until today, I'm still surprised at myself that that was my reaction. But I mean, I literally began to weep. I was very, very sad and I felt extremely powerless in that moment. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Well, not because I've gone through that experience, but I've heard many women talk, talk to me about it. Um, yes. but I mean, you're a very spiritual person, right? T? Yes. Oh, yes. So I'm sure you've, you've heard or read somewhere that everything that happens to you, not only your reality, but also your, you know, your body, your health or, or, you know, your sickness or whatever. It's something that is brought upon yourself by, by you. It's something that is brought upon you by yourself. Mm -hmm. Have you, mm -hmm. you've heard this before? I have heard that before. I have heard that before. Yes. And, and what and do you think? It can Sometimes that can be a hard pill to swallow, but what I do is I, I kind of, I elevate it even a little bit more. I believe absolutely, it's a little cliche, but I do believe that everything happens for a reason. Even the ugly stuff, it, we build on it and it's for a reason because I can honestly say 
that lessons that I've learned through this experience, I literally would not have gotten any other way. There's absolutely no way that in 2019, I will be a published author and coach helping women, helping people around the globe to be more authentic within themselves and go after their purpose. It literally would not have happened. And I don't know if it would have ever happened, but definitely not in this time frame. Yeah, no, you know, I actually had, um, I don't know if you've heard about this type of therapy, quantum vortex. I feel like I have heard the term, but I'm not as familiar. It's, it's like, um, it's a bit, it's like an, an energetic sort of therapy for heal, a healing therapy. Um, oh, yes. So I had, because I usually do, like, I take care of my body and my brain and my soul in, in different ways. I usually go to, like, the regular doctor, you know, specialist. Okay. If it's the mm-hmm. case, I, I do take medicine, you know, if I have to. Um, yes. And then I also go to the spiritual healers uh, to take care of the other side of my of my of myself. I would say absolutely. I, so I, here. Yeah, I do. I do both. So I was recently uh, one of my uh, spiritual healers with with I was with her. She was uh, we were doing a session, and I told her I had something I hadn't actually told a lot of people, and this was um, I had a near death experience in March, and. Oh. Yeah, but I'm, you know, the thing is, I don't know if you felt this, T, but I don't know how long I was out, but I was okay. out. I'm not okay. sure because the doctors didn't want to tell me. But wow, those, I don't know if it was five seconds or five minutes. I have no idea. But that time that okay. I was out, I felt in peace. I just felt so oh my happy. Yes. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Yes. Definitely. That was my same experience. I mean, it was really the only word that I can use. It was euphoric. I mean, I've never experienced anything like this in real time. It was it was amazing. Yeah. It's like being high, but the next level. (laughs) It's It's like (laughs) it's just there's the feeling of expansion, but of the soul is crazy. And like I said, I don't know how long I was out, but um, I felt so happy. And so I told her about this for some reason. We were talking about something that she had seen. And I was like, oh, yes, by the way, I I think I, I mean, I died in March, uh, almost died. And she said to me, you know, when people have these sort of experiences of near death, near death experiences, or they go out for a long time, either in a coma or, or they Mm -hmm. die, literally Mm -hmm. die. And they're, you know, brought back. Uh, Mm -hmm. That is a way of, of rebirthing into your life. Oh, yes. I absolutely believe it. And I literally, it's so funny you said that, Isabel, because um, also I just have to say, and it wasn't totally centering on um, the um, children free life, but uh, my marriage, like right before this illness, my marriage had gotten very rocky, but Mm -hmm. my husband really hunkered down and he was my number one supporter through all of these health challenges. And I was so grateful for that. But he and I both said that I am a completely different person. And he, in response, is a totally different person. So I really feel 
as if I resurrected. I yep. am a completely new being. Absolutely. Yep. That is exactly the way that I felt. And mm-hmm. so I, I just think it's funny because um, when you talk about, not you, but in general, when people talk about mm-hmm. near-death experiences, it's usually the gory, the, I almost died and it was horrible. And, you know, but you don't really, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard, maybe I've read about this because I mean, in, in, not in spiritual books or, you know, documentaries or whatever, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like people I meet face to face, they, they rarely talk about the spiritual side of that. Yes. Of, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's a rebirth. So it absolutely you are, you're back here with stronger than ever. And now you're helping people yes. around you. <laughs> exactly. And I know that, again, it would not have happened in this time frame had I not gone through that. And I definitely wouldn't have chosen that. I wouldn't have chosen to be in and out of the hospital, you know, all this medical debt. I wouldn't have chosen that. But for this result, for the work that I'm doing today, it's all been well worth it, I have to say. Well, that's that's great to hear. Well, thank yeah. you, T, so much for your time. We're running out of it. Uh, so now you have two minutes to tell my audience whatever you want to tell them and to also leave them your contacts and your links and everything else that you want me to publish with this episode. Um, as a final word to all the listeners, I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much, Isabel, for having me. I listened to your show and I was so pleased to be invited. So thank you so much for that. And I just want um, your listeners to know that I'm an ally. So if they want to reach me, I'm on uh, Facebook at Artisha Bolding and um, Instagram, same thing, Artisha Bolding. But um, they should definitely visit my website, which is tboldmedia.com, the letter T boldmedia.com. And I want all the listeners to know that they should never let anyone dictate their journey for them, especially if someone is trying to manipulate them through guilt and shame, which we know, you know, societal pressures and family pressures with, you know, one to bear children and things like that. We experience that too much, but you have to be the architect of your own life and design the life that gives you the most joy. That's it. Absolutely. And I completely agree with you, T. So thanks again for your time. It was a pleasure having you on my show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.